Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we're going to talk about Lower Decks Episode 3. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Doctor Who guy, the Who historian, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? Glad to be back. I know I missed last week, and I'm actually looking forward to talking about this episode. So, yep, curious to hear what everybody else thinks, but glad to be back. Also on the podcast, we have the Stargate historian, Jeremy Barrow. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be here as always. Awesome to have you back as well. And last but certainly not least, we have the the Trek guy, Trek historian, Jonathan Shores. How you doing, man? Trek guy here. I'm kind of excited to talk about this. There was a tick in the upward direction. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I just have a quick bit of, I guess, not really news, but just a few things I noticed that were that have happened in the Trek sphere lately. All of the season two of the short Treks are on YouTube right now in the U.S. for free to watch. I don't know why they're putting them out there. Maybe just to drum up some um, fan interest. But they're they're free to watch on YouTube right now, which was a huge surprise to me. As well as putting the first episode of Lower Decks uh, for free as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess they're trying to get people in into the CBS All Access house. Speaking of CBS Yay. All Access house, I noticed the other day I got a pop up and, you know, you know, you guys know I'm an Apple guy. And there is a combo that they're doing to where you can get through Apple TV. You know, if you've got an Apple TV or Apple TV Plus or something like that you get a combo of CBS All Access plus Showtime for I think nine ninety nine a month. So But that's a that's a cool deal nonetheless to bundle that in. And and also just to tout what CBS All Access has been in the last few months, they've put put all of the uh Nickelodeon stuff on there and uh B T stuff is on a lot of the Viacom stuff is on there as well. So they're trying to meld this service in together. They've also, at least on the Xbox, they've updated the player to be a little bit easier to fast forward and rewind, which was just a pain. It kept crashing on me before. So they they've they've tried to add more value there. And I think the next thing they really need to do, they don't have the sense of a queue yet or checking something to to your watch queue or watch list. So that's they they need that because I'm tired of going through the menu every time to find my show. So once they have that, I think they'll be very close. And 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 one thing I can give Netflix is that their inter- interface is impeccable, <laughs> and everybody's not on par quite yet. Well, they're the original OG of it, so <laughs> they should be. Yeah, but um, that's all I have for the news and updates. Unless you guys have something, we'll just jump right into our review. A new work protocol eliminating. Buffer time has the Lower Decks crew running ragged as they try to keep up with their Titan schedules. Ensign Mariner and Commander Ransom's mutual lack of respect comes to a head during an away mission. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. And let's go around the horn and get everybody's high-level view of this episode, if we can call it that. Let's start with you, Jeremy. What do you think? So I saw a tagline for the show saying they started at the bottom and they're still there. And there is truth in advertising. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
Uh, well, well, okay. All right. Uh, Cal Jones, what do you think, man? This was the best of the three, in my opinion. This, this felt more like a complete story than any of the three. And do I have some things I didn't like? Mm, yeah. But did I enjoy watching it? Whereas I felt like I needed to watch the first two. I felt like I needed to watch the first two. I enjoyed watching this one. So that's my two cents. All right. And how about the Mr. No Man himself, Jonathan? What do you what do you think, man? Maybe I'm kind of in conflict. Uh, I actually somewhat enjoyed this episode. Now, did I enjoy it because it was better or did I enjoy it because you watched it before I did and made the comment that they did things, maybe did things a little better? And I went in expecting that. I don't know yet, but we'll get into it. Oh, man. As for me, this is de- way much better than the second episode and a little bit better than the, than the first, in my opinion. To me, they got back on course uh, with this one. It, you know, I'm still worried about the show being funny, and I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But on the whole, I think it was a lot better in the sense that they didn't they didn't try to sprinkle with me, sprinkle me with uh, uh, Easter eggs. They just gave me a cohesive story, I felt, although they did throw some things in there. But the ones they to to me, the ones they went for, they really knocked it out of the park. Well, at least one of them. One of them was just okay. But I think if they continued that that path to where when they do give us these references and these Easter eggs um, that that they really just try to give us one that knocks it out of the park instead of left and right. Oh, this and this. That doesn't make any sense. You know, they want it to be appreciated, not anticipated. Mm, yeah, because if you give us one, we appreciate it. If you give us one every couple of minutes, then we anticipate it and get used to it. Yeah. And even stuff that doesn't that isn't really lore is stuff they're just making up for the show. I, I I don't even want that. And they did the one thing, not to give the end of the show away, but they did the one thing we talked about last week, gave us an appearance of another character, although, you know, in statuesque form, but they did give us an appearance. So I, I really appreciate that. So Kyle, I wanted to throw to you real quick because we, I put a comment in our Slack channel to where I, I told John, if you want to see how to do this right, go watch at least an episode or two of the Harley Quinn show. Can you give me just a real quick blurb on why Harley Quinn gets it right, where this may be a little bit off? So Harley Quinn for a character is inherently somewhat funny, but I think they'd let the story be the story and let funny things happen rather than try to say Harley Quinn is going to walk in the room and let's have her tell a joke. No, that's not what happens. She walks in the room and just does whatever she does. And that happens to be funny. It doesn't come across as feeling like it's forced. It just feels organic to me because I found myself laughing and they, they've made some of the most boring characters that I've never really cared about one way or the other into interesting characters. And Clarence, I'll point it back to you. You made a comment that kind of stuck with me. I've never really cared one way or the other, and I've actually kind of disliked Poison Ivy. This Ivy is interesting. And and you brought that up. So what did you find 
Interesting, because I think, and the reason I want you to say that or talk about that is, I think the way they're taking these characters on Harley Quinn is the way to form and get people interested in the characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, and I know we're talking about a show some of you guys have not seen, but we're going to, we're going to pivot in a minute. But I have to say this, they really give Harley Quinn a, they give her a lot of heart and character. And that's the thing I feel like I'm missing in the lower deck so far. We almost had a moment that got ruined. We'll, we'll get to it. But in, 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 in the Harley Quinn, they give the characters, they give Poison Ivy heart. I like Poison Ivy now. <laughs> I would have never thought that, but, but they take, I, I know it's kind of, it's kind of slapsticky, but they take time to develop their characters and giving them a different side that you might not have seen instead of being what you think from the exterior. And here so far, we're only three episodes in, but so far they're giving us exactly what they think, what we think these characters are on the exterior rather than digging a little deep, which we're moving there. We're moving there a little bit in this episode, but that's just how I feel three episodes in. Well, let's go ahead and get into this Tim Ford scene, Tim Ford-esque scene at the very beginning of the episode. Likes, dislikes, what did they do wrong here? How did they get it right? Uh, John, let's start with you, man. I actually, so I watched this twice. Uh, the first time, it, I mean, it wasn't bad. I didn't have a problem with it. The second time, I kind of got a better appreciation for the humor in it. So it was one of the funny moments for me. So I, I, I liked it. I liked it. And it was kind of out of what I expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Anybody else? I will say that of all the characters, and I've still, even with this episode, not warmed to this character, but Mariner, I started out cringing with the beginning of the way she just bombards her way in there, does her thing, leaves, and then he gets blamed for it. I, <laughs> she really irritates me. <laughs> yeah, she can be very irritating. Kyle, 100% agree with what you just said. Thank the you, whole, it just, it just It just irritated me from the cold open was just cold. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna I'm tell you why I love it. We always get these Tim Ford esque scenes, whether it's Voyager and, and their their mess hall. I just liked how they took everything we really know about that and flipped it on his head with Mariner coming in and Tindy on the drums <laughs> in their little band. Because usually when you get that this scene, it's sort of like what Bulmer was doing with the violin. It's always very artsy or if you go back to uh tos is more theater productions or or in voyager it might be a movie of the doc singing or or data playing a violin it's always something like very artsy but i kind of appreciate the fact that they really just took the opportunity to kind of just uh spin it on his head and, and do something totally different so i enjoy that yeah is it messed up bomer got in bomer bomer got in trouble Bo- boiler boiler <laughs> Boimer got in trouble. It's kind of bad, but still, I thought it was a good, funny, somewhat funny moment. He was killing me with the, 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 (laughs) I don't know if he was like, was it supposed to be like a musical, uh, acrobatics? (laughs) (laughs) He had like like, the grunt kicks going on, like, ah, Like river dancing? (laughs) (laughs) Let let me say this and then we can move on from this. I think I would have been, I think it would have been, Better, I think I'd have liked it better if it would have just been some other random character that 
did it and maybe he was the one that was playing or she was the one that was playing the guitar. They finish. He gets up there and starts doing it and then gets blamed for it. I would have liked that so much better than the way they did it because yes. that that would have been funny. This was just her being irritating again. I kind of didn't. I mean, I really hadn't had that big of a problem with her since this started. Uh, she can be annoying, but I, I'm, I'm on board with her being the main character right now. Yeah. But but in Kyle's defense, I do want them to if they're going to do this type of stuff, I want them to make her funny and just not make her obnoxious and just irritating. Yes. Because people are going to have that same feeling you're having, which I assume I do. I assume I have that feeling, too, because if she's going to do something to try to get a laugh, let it be something that like Carrie said this too. let it let it be truly funny instead of just being slapsticky, annoying. Um, and I think that's. They were, they were teetering on that a little bit. Yes, and I know you're going to get to it, but I thought we were getting that. I really did. I thought, because I was actually warming just for a second, and then I went cold again. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. Well, I want to mention this before we move on. I really love the introduction sequence with Ransom uh, doing the first officer's log, and we just get this beautiful, gorgeous scene of the Cerritos, which I really didn't appreciate this ship. <laughs> But that scene where they showed it in warp, uh, I think that's the first scene like that I've, I've noticed. And I, for some reason, in that particular scene, it really jumped out at me. Let's talk about the the formality of Starfleet. And they go on these events or whether it's first contact or just, you know, events where they have to prepare a formal greeting or dress or get in their dress uniform. Um, any thoughts on Captain Freeman just going through all this work. And we see it in a bunch of shows where the, the, the captain and the first officer have to do all this certain, learn all these certain rituals in order to be introduced to a new culture. Any thoughts on her doing all this and just getting basically put on a back burner and maybe her feelings on not being a valued ship in the in Starfleet? Anybody want to jump on that? I, so I'm glad it didn't work out. Because we were introduced to this crew and this ship as the lower decks of the Federation, basically. Then all of a sudden, she's taken on a first contact mission of importance type mission. Like, I I want that to be something that this crew builds to eventually, not like on the third episode. Yeah. So I was at, when they first started that, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, really? Oh, I mean, we didn't even... We didn't even see how they earned this right to do that, even though I know they're a Federation ship. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? They ran from a Borg attack. Now you want them to. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of glad it worked out that, that way. Well, you know, the cap the captain wants to get the ship in, in, in top shape. So let's let's back up a little bit and talk about the whole play on the old temporal edict thing where, like me, I don't know if you guys, but I thought it would be some time travel related episode. But it. But it, 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 it played on time in a different way. Any thoughts on buffer time? So, so let me say this real quick about let, – let me backtrack real, real quick to what we were just sure. talking about. I think this is one of the strengths that I wish that they would really play up on is because, to Jonathan's point, we see all of these first contact with all of these other stories, with all these other ships. They have untempered – 
material that's never really been used before. I think this is where their gold mine is, is to see what happens on these second contacts or third contacts or whatever it is, things that we don't normally think about. I think that's really cool. As far as the temporal edict, I agree. I did think that that was going to be a follow-up to some type of time thing, but I just really, really identify with Bormer because I'm the, I'm that person that's going to be like, Oh yeah, I got it done in 15 minutes and I had 20 minutes to do it. I'm that <laughs> little nerd that does that. <laughs> yeah. They, they kind of flipped it on his head to where in this episode, he was the one that was on task and excelling in the circumstance they were in this week. Uh, I really like how they kind of flipped that, but uh, John or Jeremy, do you have any experience with creatively estimating time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't work for my former boss anymore, so I can say this. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you do it for two reasons. And and depending on the task ahead, it's depending on the reason you do it. One is for, you know, just slacking off because you don't really want to do it. And another one is because you just want to make sure you're just not 100% certain how long it's going to take. So you want to give yourself that little extra time to make sure you have the time to do it. Yeah. See, I'm there. I've, I've, I've always been that person that like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of put a goal to my, like I challenge myself. So somebody say, Hey, do this. And I'm thinking to myself, it'd take, you know, they probably expect me to get it done in an hour. I said, well, I can get it done in 45 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, cause I, I want to, I want to be that overachiever. So I guess teacher's pet too. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm with Jeremy on this. And that's actually is, you know, as long as you're not taking, not you, but, you know, a person is not taking advantage of it from the slacker mentality. It's actually a smart thing to do. You can go too far with it. I mean, as a developer, all everything I do is about estimating times and some stuff you just don't know unless you've done it. And if it's a brand new task you've never done before. Uh, you just kind of have to throw something out there. It's just like, I mean, of course, this is a play on many, many, many Star Trek episodes where you see Jordy or, or, or Scotty or somebody. Uh, I can't do it, Captain. You know, give me five days. We need it an hour. I'll try. <laughs> and they get it done. I reminded of an episode of Voyager where the Janeway told Belanda that she needed something done in like two hours. And Belanda was like, no, when I tell you it takes seven hours, it takes seven hours. Yeah, there's just she, no way around that. She kicked both her time in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I do love how they play it on the the title there to give us something something totally different. Now let me tell you something that's bothering me. We're going to get on to the actual second contact uh, mission there, but but let, let me uh, something really bothered me, and I wonder do you guys notice this? Some of the crew member have white boots instead of black, <laughs> and it just really irks me. It really irks me. I'm like. Why? <laughs> Nobody notice. Notice, no. but but is there so so the follow up question is is there a reason why? No, I think it's just random. <laughs> I really do. Is that like the guys wearing dresses in the next generation? Like the dread, the actual dress uniform is just part of it's just part of the uniform now. They're just creating it. If it is before we move on, one hilarious moment for me. Uh, when she was talking to, I guess that was a clean on on the view screen, the captain. Yeah. Mariner was playing the music. He said, like, what is this intense bass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man. And she got <laughs> someone executed for that. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. That intense bass. <laughs> yeah, that's the second time in a row in an in open we've seen where she's interrupted with interactions with another species. I mean, with the entity species and then with, with you know, the Klingon there. So I, I don't know, man. I, there's in no world when I think a speaker can uh, reverberate throughout the entire ship. That if your ship is that fragile, it's probably not going to make it through a battle. Right. I mean, you're traveling through the stars at warp speed. <laughs> I would assume the bulkheads could handle a little bass, <laughs> some intense bass, especially from a what uh, <laughs> a little amplifier the size of a right. small chair. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and. Kyle talked about one of one of the things he wants to see more of, and we actually do get it in this episode, although it went very wrong, is I don't know if I'm assuming this is second contact where they're to greet this race with the with the uh, honor crystal. But instead, they have something very different, the Garakians. So any thoughts on this second contact encounter to where they are welcoming this new race into the Federation, but again, things go terribly wrong. Any any thoughts? Give them the wood. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's basically what they said, so I can't even fault you. The fertility totem. I mean, cu- <laughs> that was hilarious. Is this where Star Trek is now? This is how long we've gotten. That was another funny point for me. I'm like, <laughs> it's the fertility totem and it's wood. Like, <laughs> Yeah. To make you feel a little bit better, when I watched it the first time, I did get it the second time. I didn't get that the first time. Really? No, I didn't. Kids, look at Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I got it. I mean, I know what that means, but... Maybe. (laughs) No, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) I got another joke, but I'm only in that one. (laughs) You know what? I really thought you had... You, you had these Garakians and you had this these this crystal based race. You know, they everything they do is surrounded around these crystals. I thought they were going to make some reference to the time crystal, especially this being a temporal edict episode. But alas, it was just played for jokes and you know, somewhat funny. I don't know if I ever laughed out loud about anything in this episode, um, but you know, I think it was a little bit funnier than the ones we've had before. Yeah. So, and it was just the little things like that. You, you know, I've said from the beginning, like, in order for it to be funny for me, I I need to be able to, like, you have to incite a thought process for me to laugh. You know, I want to just laugh at on the face humor. Like, I want to have to think about it. And that was, yeah, I mean, that, one of the things that kind of made me think. Like, Kyle missed it the first time. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people missed it because this is not where your mind went at the beginning. You had to kind of think about it. Yeah, it, it definitely was clever. I mean, also there you throw into the the fact that everyone is really scrambling to follow this new temporal edict that the captain has put into place, where buffer time is gone. So what you estimate has has to be more accurate. Therefore, you're working a lot more in the day, which probably is going to make you less productive. And we see that throughout this episode, though they get silly with it to the point that kind of annoys me. But that's kind of what what perpetuates this idea of him grabbing the wrong the wrong box because this temporal edict is really throwing everything off. 
You know, I would be curious to know if when this was written or conceived as a story, if we were already in this COVID-19 stay at home for a lot of people that we are in right now. I'm curious to know if this was pre that happening or not, because to me, that just seemed like a commentary on people working from home. <laughs> some, you know, we've seen reports of some businesses yeah. monitoring what people are doing to try to up that productivity. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it's probably easier to get, get away with, um, you know, buffer time when you're in the office than when you work at home because people are looking a lot harder, to be honest. Not to say that I do buffer time. No, not me. Um, yeah, the adjudication geode, I thought that was funny. <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, again, some of my favorite moments in this episode was Ransom, Ransom and, and, and Mariner. So any thoughts on, of course, they go down to the planet, pull out the, um, the wood. <laughs> Wait, that was wrong. Pull out the fertility totem. <laughs> <laughs> they they offer the fertility totem to <laughs> They get put in jail. Okay, I'll just say they get put in jail. They get captured. And any thoughts on the moments between between Mariner and Ransom? Because really this is the episode that made me think Ransom was a pretty cool guy. And we get to see, we get to start to see a little heart from Mariner because, you know, she's fancying this guy a little bit. And although they are opposites in approach, they're very much the same type of go get her done type characters. So any thoughts on their interactions? I liked him and I liked her. And I actually started, like I said earlier, warming to her a little bit. And I was thinking, oh, well, okay, well, they're, they're turning a curve with her. So that's it in a nutshell. And I liked him as a character and I liked the things that he did that was, you know, typical what you expected or is what I expected from Star Trek. So all of that I, I enjoyed. That was the part that I enjoyed. Jeremy? I enjoyed their interaction, but the, the whole what seems to, and I hope this is, doesn't become a thing, this whole what seems to be a love story between them. It's just so old hat, and I'm hoping that this is not something they explore in great detail in the near future, because they, we don't we don't know enough about them to have that love story yet. I don't think. Hmm. So I'm having a problem with the age here, and whether it's a problem. So I'm gonna ask you guys: Are we to assume that these Lord Deck characters are much younger than the main crew? So, for instance, we get toward the end, you know, the captain makes a reference to, you know, the thoughts of a child. Does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think we are to think that Bomer is squeaky clean, fresh out of Starfleet. Uh, uh, Mariner, not so much. I think she's how, exactly how old she is. We don't know. But it's uh, yeah, it's clear she's been around and, and pushed back through lower <laughs> in rank. I just think it's weird that they're making. I don't know. So up until this point, it's just kind of gave me the idea that Mariner and Boiler and all these guys are much younger than the main crew. So when I'm watching this interaction, it's like my only thought is like, isn't he too old for her? I don't know, man. I, I kind of equated to, to Tom Paris and Harry being friends. Yeah, but they're not made to, you're not made to believe there's an age difference. We have clearly been made to believe that these characters are younger. 
I don't know. Maybe their intention was to make us, you know, to give you the impression that they're less experienced. Yeah, I got more of the less experienced. I didn't necessarily get the younger. And even with her saying from the eyes of a baby or however she said it, I took it more so as with an ensign, you are a kid in their eyes as far as rank goes. See, I'm under the impression that Mariner and Ransom are roughly about the same age, just from previous two episodes where all the stuff that she's done and all the people that she knows, she's been around the block. And Bulmer, you know, he's, you know, I, you know, I think we all prevention agree, he's pretty much fresh out of the academy and still kind of young. So I think they're closer to age, hmm. same age than uh, Bulmer. Possible. Yeah. But anyway, so, I mean, short of that, I see. Uh, she doesn't act like it, but I think they are. <laughs> None of them do. But, you know, I also see, uh, what's the guy's name, Ransom? Ransom. Ransom. Like, I, I kind of looked at that as being a version of Boiler in the future. Like, as he yeah. gets better, like, he's going to be very much strictly Starfleet the way he handles things. But he's just better at doing it now because he's done it for so long. Like, I, so then I'm kind of looking at it as maybe Mariner get a better appreciation for Boiler now. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly think there are two sides to the same the same coin. They're very much do it by the book for the most part, guys. But Bomer is like the squeaky clean, straight out of Starfleet version of that. You know that same thing without the experience. So yeah, maybe there's hope for for Bomer. <laughs> so uh, any well, let me just speak real quick to uh, Ransom and Mariner's interaction while they're locked up. I thought all that was good. I thought that they came to a better understanding of each other. Again, I think they're both go-getters and they both can get the job done, but both of their approaches are totally different. Where, again, Ransom is going by the book and Mariner pretty much just <laughs> wings it for the most part, but she still gets the job done. So I like the fact that he, even though he stabbed her in the foot, I do like the fact that he kind of, you know, did what a first officer would do and, and went out there and faced the Garakian giant. So I thought all of that stuff was good. And it and it made for some great interactions between the two of them. I know I know, Jeremy, I know you're not so hot on them maybe hooking up, but I do like that it I do like that it gave us a different side of of of, of Mariner that we haven't really seen. It to me, she's the his balance in a way. She's his balance. She's he's keeping her grounded more than she would have been otherwise. So that's why I'm kind of excited for that relationship to get closer. Because I think once she gets swayed in the right direction, she could be freaking awesome. You know, she she would bring that experience with a little bit of by the book ethic is <laughs> she would just be a great officer. And, and I can see that and I can appreciate that. I just think I, to me, it's just too early in the third episode to start even, you know, planting the seeds for something like that. Yeah, it was a little heavy for the. I mean, I, I I get planting the seed in the third episode, but I think they went they, a little too heavy. They 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 didn't plant the seed so much as you know went through the sapling. Yeah, like they went and bought the plant and put right. that in. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- they planted the wood already. <laughs> yeah, see, I never really saw it as planting a seed. I think it was just a misdirection of making you think one thing and then go in an opposite direction. I never even really thought that they were going to quote unquote put them two together. Yeah. But I I just hate that they ruin all the growth they had in the episode at the very end when when, you know, uh Mariner's like, Well, I'm not gonna turn you in and then Ransom turns right back around and say, Take I put her in a brig, you know, I'm like, ah, really? All that growth was just thrown away. 
See, I didn't get mad at him. I got I didn't like her reaction. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah. See, when, what I'm saying is I didn't like. I I had no problem with him because ultimately he told her at the beginning, "Roll down your sleeves." She never did it. Yeah, I didn't think she'd do it either. <laughs> well, and I think it was them kind of rolling back this overly planted seed. So, I mean, because I'm pretty sure they had the same thoughts. You know, we don't want to get into this too early and make a thing out of it. So we need to kind of calm it down. But I think that was just a too obvious pullback. Yeah. All right. But let's move on into Bomer getting a plaque name after him. And, um, you know, no one's ever going to remember this in the future. And my punch to air moment. I, ha- I have thoughts. I want to know that anybody else get excited by this future school scene and the reference that we got there. Actually, I got two moments out of this and maybe you did too as well, Clarence. So when they went to this moment, I actually seen, it brought me back to that. I don't remember which episode, second episode of uh, Enterprise when he uh, goes, gets Hoshi, uh, when he tries yeah. to recruit Hoshi and she's teaching the school and it was pretty much the same concept. So I kind of, I did like that. And then, man, just a tribute to O'Brien. Like, God, <laughs> that was good. That was most underrated person in Starfleet. <laughs> like he is the epitome of Lord Dex. You know what I mean? Like, especially on the Enterprise, like you've seen him maybe once every 10 episodes and he pretty much beamed somebody aboard or beamed somebody away. And that was it. And then to see him on DS9 and the character he becomes on DS9, like I, I appreciate it. The character on DS9, I'm glad that they grew him the way they did on DS9. I wish he would have been in more Trek after yeah. that. And this kind of helped that along. So, yeah, man, that, that was pretty good. This is how you do a cameo without really doing a cameo. Right. Yes. Yes. Now, with that being said, my concern is that we're going to see a statue of Bomber here on Discovery <laughs> 900 years in the future. <laughs> And we're going to have a call back to that. But I think that would be funny, actually. It would be. If, if it's done right, it can be. But I'm just, I'm just hoping they don't go the lower rex, the lower decks route and just, you know, make it so blatantly obvious. That would be hilarious. Like, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Good though. I did like that. If they do it, I don't think they'll show a, <laughs> um, you know, a physical thing because we don't know quote unquote what he looks like in real world but but there may be a throwaway line that somebody says yeah that was, that was definitely my punch there moment for this series so far i was just I, I i couldn't believe it and then they actually showed the statue too they could have just said it i would have been excited but they showed him man i was so <laughs> and like really he he I mean, unless you watch ds9 you don't really grasp that, that and that's kind of what where disappointed me because a lot of people didn't really get into DS9, so they're not going to really appreciate the greatness of Miles O'Brien. <laughs> when you see him on DS9, like he's like the Star Trek MacGyver. Oh, like, give me a cup, a bottle of water, and a sonic <laughs> screwdriver, and I'll build you a warp-capable ship. It's that's yeah, he's the man. He kept Tarek Nor afloat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anybody else have any takeaways from the episode besides the things I've covered? Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up before we wrap this up? So I had one more. The fight scene between uh, Ransom and the big guy. 
Yeah. Uh, so the one thing, so again, here comes old Johnny fight scenes. <laughs> Not that I have a problem Too with the fight scenes. It, <laughs> it's animation, I understand that. But, you, you know, throughout Trick, you, every fight you see, they have this one maneuver, and it's the two-hand class punch. <laughs> yeah. and, but, I mean, that's all through every fight in, in Trick. That's how it's done, with that two-hand class swing and like that's all he used like they just made it a point (laughs) and i I guess they were poking fun at it maybe that was pretty good call back on it so i did like that i i think i enjoyed all the fighting i enjoyed that fight i enjoyed the fight with the garakians on the on the ship i also enjoyed uh the oh yeah the initial fight when they landed uh and got captured i enjoyed all those i thought they were fun so one more thing that kind of Again, one of those clever little throw-ins that kind of made me chuckle. Uh, and like, you put it together throughout. Once you go through it, you know, at the very first interaction with the Garakians, you know, they throw a spear and hit the guy, and he's crying like, "I'm going to die." And she said, <laughs> "We live on a starship, and you were stabbed by a spear. You'll be okay." <laughs> that was clever. I, so, I that was very now, clever. Now further along, when they get on the ship, they start coming on the ship, and uh, boiler. <laughs> Borla look like shoots them all. He said, "Wait." He said, "You guys have swords and spears, and you're able to get on the ship." <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah, I was surprised by the technology because the ships that they had, they were uh, kind of their boarding ships. They looked like something from Section Thirty One or something. I'm like, wow, their technology is disadvanced. <laughs> but okay. One more little funny part that made me chuckle was uh, when Mariner was in sick bay, and I don't forget the doctor's name. And she asked her, you know, do you want me to do something about those, uh, all those ugly scars? And she said, no, they're my trophies. Yeah. <laughs> and the <cat> said, <laughs> that was hilarious. She said, yeah, f- scratching those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah, that was another thing with them, with Ransom and Mariner being on the planet. She almost basically got naked to show her scars. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> That's a wrap, guys. Real quick, let's give our ratings real quick for this episode on a scale of one to five. And let's start with you, Jeremy. What's your rating, sir? I'm going to maintain a two. I just don't feel like there was enough growth to, if any, to warrant a higher number. It's just it's still more of the same. Dr. Jones, what about you, sir? I'm going to go with a three. I would have given last week a two, so I'm going to give this a three because I enjoyed this much better than I did last week. So three for me what about you jonathan you know i think i'm gonna go to a solid three. Oh man twice the score wow twice the score because it, i actually wanted to watch this twice uh I I, I I i did enjoy it i mean was it the best no did they could they have a lot of room to improve yes but it was good i liked it yeah and I think I'm going to drop right at a 3.5. I really, really enjoyed it. I feel like I had a lot of good points that, man, the freaking O'Brien moment just put it through the roof for me. But I do I do feel like, like you guys all said, it's a lot of room for it to grow. And, you know, hopefully it gets better. We're only three in. We went okay, step back, pretty good. And hopefully, hopefully they can hit they, hit their stride, you know, four episodes in. So that's what I'm hoping for. And let's go around the horn and see what everybody has been working on, podcast related or otherwise. And Jonathan, 
What have you been working on, man? Or watching or just, you know, Trek related or anything. What are you into? Oh, man. So as per usual work and gym, but I have been watching Legend of Korra since you guys mentioned it last week. I decided to get into it. I really did enjoy Avatar, the Avatar movie. Uh, and I did enjoy the series, so I decided to get into this, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. So definitely, you should check that out if you hadn't. Awesome sauce. What about you, Jeremy? Well, actually, I'm almost done with Cora. Uh, I'm on the final season now, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it's, to me, in some ways, almost better than the original show. Um, wow. That, that's just, you know, that's where I'm at right now. That's what I've been doing, that and work. Kyle Jones, what about you, man? I would say for anyone who is a Doctor Who fan to check out episode 211-211, our review of Vincent and the Doctor with our special guest, Shannon Perry from the Oz9 podcast. Had so much fun doing that. So, yes, Discussing Who at DiscussingWho.com. Yeah, I'm going to plug a few things real quick. I was on Alan Seiler's, a friend of the show, Alan Seiler's, (laughs) Aft Dex show, which is on YouTube, uh, Facebook, which you can find that by going to Facebook and just searching Alan Siler. And he has a show there where we, where he does after shows to Lower Decks and he's going to be doing one t- to uh, Discovery once it's back on air as well. So I joined him this past week for their uh, after show there. And I'm direct you guys to check that out as well as check out the extremely geeked out podcast where Kyle and I were on last week's episode. We talked about getting into comics and one last plug. Kyle and I were on the reality breached podcast where we talked about the state of the movie industry in 2020. That was a pretty interesting discussion. And I'll just tell you guys to check those out. Reality breached. Uh, extremely geeked out podcast and uh, Alan Seidler on Facebook uh, where you can find some good content good content very enjoyable watch by the way so as always guys you can send mail into fans at discussingtrek.com or hit us up at discussingtrek on any other social medias thanks for joining and I just want to hear you guys' uh, reaction to these episodes 3 in if you're listening to this just send us a mail or hit us on social media are you actually enjoying it is it a big nah <laughs> just let us know And um, again, thanks for joining and we'll talk to you guys next time. Longer prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe.
Climb aboard the perilous journey of one man attempting to reach a distant world and the woman on Earth who battles endlessly to keep him alive. Mission Control, was that sound what I think it was? We're not sure yet, but we know it can't be good. Join the thousands of science fiction adventure fans who have discovered Relativity at RelativityPodcast.com. Relativity. Discussing Network. <laughs>